Faust, Part One, by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Faust, Part One, by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, translated by Bayard Taylor. Scene Eight, Evening, a small, neatly kept chamber. Margaret, plaiting and binding up the braids of her hair. I'd give something, could I but say, who was that gentleman today? Surely a gallant man was he, and of a noble family, and much could I in his face behold, and he wouldn't else have been so bold. Exit. Come in, but gently, follow me. Leave me alone, I beg of thee. Prying about. Not every girl gives things so neat. Looking around. Oh, welcome, twilight soft and sweet that breathes throughout this hallowed shrine. Sweet pain of love, bind thou with fetters fleet the heart that on the dew of hope must pine. How all around a sense impresses of quiet order and content. This poverty, what bounty blesses. What bliss within this narrow den is pent! He throws himself into a leathern armchair near the bed. Receive me, thou, that in thine open arms departed joy and pain wert wont to gather. How oft the children with their ruddy charms hung here, around this throne where sat the father! Perchance my love, amid the childish band, grateful for gifts the holy Christmas gave her, here meekly kissed the grandsire's withered hand. I feel, O oh maid, thy very soul, of order and content around me whisper, which leads thee with its motherly control, the cloth upon thy board bids smoothly thee unroll, the sand beneath thy feet makes whiter, crisper. O oh, dearest hand, to thee tis given to change this hut into a lower heaven, and here... He lifts one of the bed-curtains. What sweetest thrill is in my blood! Here could I spend whole hours delaying, Here nature shaped as if in sportive playing The angel-blossom from the bud. Here lay the child, with life's warm essence, The tender bosom filled and fair, And here was wrought through holier, purer presence The form diviner beings wear. And I... What drew me here with power? How deeply am I moved this hour? What seek I? Why so full my heart and sore? Miserable Faust, I know thee now no more. Is there a magic vapour here? I came with lust of instant pleasure, And lie dissolved in dreams of love's sweet leisure. Are we the sport of every changeful atmosphere? And if this moment came she in to me, How would I for the fault atonement render? How small the giant lout would be, Prone at her feet, relaxed and tender. Be quick, I see her there returning. Go, go, I never will retreat. Here is a cascade not unmeet, Which elsewhere I have just been arning. Here, set it in the press, with haste, I swear it will turn her head to spite.
some bubbles I therein had placed, that you might win another by it. True, child is child, and play is play. I know not. Should I do it? Ask you, pray. Yourself perhaps would keep the bubble. Then I suggest it were fair and just to spare the lovely day your last, and spare to me the further trouble. You are not miserly, I trust. I rub my hands with expectation tender. He places the casket in the press and locks it again. Now quick away. The sweet young maiden to betray, so that by wish and will you band her. And you look as though to the lecture hall you were forced to go. As if stood before you grey and load, physics and metaphysics both. But away. Exeunt. Margaret with a lamp. It is so close, so sultry here. She opens the window. And yet tis not so warm outside. I feel, I know not why, such fear. Would mother came. Where can she bide? My body's chill and shuddering. I'm but a silly, fearsome thing. She begins to sing while undressing. There was a king in Thule, Was faithful till the grave, To whom his mistress dying, A golden goblet gave. Nought was to him more precious, He drained it at every bout, his eyes with tears ran over, as oft as he drank thereout. When came his time of dying, the towns in his land he told, nought else to his heir denying, except the goblet of gold. He sat at the royal banquet, with his knights of high degree. In the lofty hall of his fathers, in the castle by the sea, there stood the old carouser, and drank the last life glow, and hurled the hallowed goblet into the tide below. He saw it plunging and filling, and sinking deep in the sea. Then fell his eyelids forever, and never more drank he. She opens the press in order to arrange her clothes, and perceives the casket of jewels. How comes that lovely casket here to me? I locked the press, most certainly. Tis truly wonderful. What can within it be? Perhaps t'was bought by someone as a pawn, and mother gave a loan thereon. And here there hangs a key to fit. I have a mind to open it. What is that? God in heaven! Whence came such things? Never beheld I aught so fair. Rich ornaments, such as a noble dame on highest holidays might wear. How would the pearl chain suit my hair? Ah, who may all this splendour own? She adorns herself with the jewellery and steps before the mirror. Were but the earrings mine, alone. One has at once another air. What helps one's beauty? Youthful blood. One may possess them, well and good, but none the more do others care. 
they praise us half in pity, sure. To gold still tends, on gold depends all. All! Alas, we poor! Scene 9. Promenade. Faust, walking thoughtfully up and down. To him, Mephistopheles. By all love ever rejected, by hellfire hot and unsparing, I wish I knew something worse that I might use it for swearing. What ails thee? What is it grips thee, elf? A face like thine beheld I never. I would myself unto the devil deliver, if I are not a devil myself. Thy head is out of order, sadly. It much becomes thee to be raving madly. Just think, the pocket of a priest should get the trinklets left for Margaret. The mother saw them, and instant a secret dread began to haunt her. Keen sand has sea for tainted air. She snuffs within her book of prayer, and smells each article to see if sacred or profane it be. So here she guessed from every gem that not much blessing came with them. My child, she said, ill-gotten good and snares the soul, consumes the blood. Before the mother of God we will lay it, with heavenly manner she will repay it. But Margaret thought with sore grimace, a gift ours is not out of place, and truly godless cannot be the one who brought such things to me. A parson came by the mother bidden, he saw at once where the game was hidden, and viewed it with a favour still thee. He spake, that is the proper view, who overcometh we not do. The holy chair says a stomach healthy, had eaten many a land as for feet, and never yet complained of so feet. The church alone, beyond all question, has for ill-gotten goods the right digestion. A general practice is the same which Jew and king may also claim. Then beg the spangles, chains, and rings, as if but toadstools were the things, and thanked no less and thanked no more than if a sack of nuts he bore. Promised them fullest heavenly pay, and deeply edified were they. And Margaret? Sits unrestful still, and knows not what she should or will. Thinks on the jewels day and night, but more on him who gave her such delight. The darling sorrow gives me pain. Get thou a set for her again. The first was not a great display. Oh, yes, the gentleman finds it all child's play. Fix and arrange it to my will, and on her neighbour try thy skill. Don't be a devil stiff as paste, but get fresh jewels to her taste. Yes, gracious sir, in all obedience. Exit Faust. Such an enamoured fool in air would blow, sun, moon, and all the starry legions, to give his sweetheart a diverting show. Exit. Scene 10 the neighbour's house. Martha, Solus. God forgive my husband, yet he hasn't done his duty by me. Off in the world he went straightway, left me lie in the straw where I lay. And truly I did not fret him. God knows I loved and can't forget him. <laughs> she weeps. Perhaps he's even dead. Ah, oh, woe! Had I a certificate to show? Margaret comes. Dame Martha. 
Margaret, what's happened thee? I scarce can stand, my knees are trembling. I find a box, the first resembling within my press, of ebony and things, all splendid to behold, and richer far than were the old. You mustn't tell it to your mother. T'would go to the priest, as did the other. Ah, uh, look and see, just look and see. Martha adorning her. Oh, what a blessed luck for thee! But ah, in the streets I dare not bear them, nor in the church be seen to wear them. Yet thou canst often this way wander, and secretly the jewels don. Walk up and down an hour before the mirror yonder. We'll have our private joy therein, and then a chance will come, a holiday, when piece by piece can one the things abroad display. A chain at first, then other ornament. Thy mother will not see, and stories will invent. Whoever could have bought me things so precious? That something's wrong, I feel suspicious. A knock. Good heaven, my mother can that have been? Martha peeping through the blind. Tis some strange gentleman. Come in. Mephistopheles enters. Dad, I so boldly introduce me. I beg you, ladies, to excuse me. Steps back reverently on seeing Margaret. For Martha Swetlin, I would inquire. I'm she. What does the gentleman desire? Mephistopheles aside to her. It is enough that you are she. You have a visitor of high degree. Pardon the freedom I have taken. Will afternoon return again? Martha aloud. Of all things in the world, just here, he takes thee for a lady, dear. I am a creature young and poor. The gentleman's too kind, I'm sure. The jewels don't belong to me. Ah, not alone the jewellery. The look, the manner, both betray. Rejoiced am I that I may stay. What is your business, I would fain? I would I had a more cheerful strain. Take not unkindly its repeating. Your husband is dead, and sends a greeting. Is dead? Alas, that heart so true! My husband dead! Let me die too! Ah, dearest dame, let not your courage fail. Hear me relate the mournful tale. Therefore I'd never love, believe me. A loss like this to death would grieve me. Joy follows woo. Woo after joy comes flying. Relate his life sad close to me. In Padua buried he is lying, beside the good Saint Anthony, within a grave well consecrated, for cool eternal rest created. He gave you further no commission? Yes, one of weight, with many shies, three hundred masses by, to save him from perdition. My hands are empty otherwise. What? Not a pocket piece? No jewellery? What every journeyman within his wallet spares, and as a token with him bears, and rather starves or begs than loses? Madam, it is a grief to me. Yet on my ward, his cash was put to proper uses. Besides, his penitence was very sore, and lamented his ill fortune all the more. Alack, that men are so unfortunate. Surely for his soul's sake full many a prayer I'll proffer. You will deserve a speedy marriage offer. You are so kind, compassionate. Oh no, as yet it would not do. If not a husband, then a beau for you. It is the greatest heavenly blessing to have a dear thing for one's caressing. The country's custom is not so. 
custom or not, it happens though. Continue, pray. I stood beside his bed of dying. It was something better than manure, half rotten straw, and yet he died a Christian sure. And found that heavier scores to his account were lying. He cried, I find my conduct wholly hateful. To leave my wife my tread in manner so ungrateful. Oh, the remembrance makes me die. Would of my wrong to her I might be shriven. Martha, weeping. The dear good man, long since was he forgiven. Yet see, God knows, was more to blame than I. He lied? What? On the brink of death he slandered? In the last throes his senses went, if by such things but half can judge. He said, I had no time for play, for giving freedom. First children, and then walk for bread to feed them. For bread, in the widest sense, to drudge. And could not even eat my share in peace and quiet. Had he all love, all faith forgotten in his riot? My work and worry day and night? Not so. The memory of it touched him quite. Said he, when I from Malta went away, My prayers for wife and little ones were jealous. And such luck from heaven befell us, We made a Turkish merchantman our prey, That to the Sultan bore a mighty treasure. Then I received, as was most fit, Since bravery was paid in fullest measure, My well-apportioned share of it. Say how? Say where? If buried, did he own it? Who knows now whether the four winds have blown it? A fair young damsel took him in her care, as he in Naples wandered round unfriended, and see much love, much fate to him did bear, so that he felt it till his days were ended. The villain, from his children thieving, even all the misery on him cast could not prevent his shameful way of living. But see, he is dead therefrom at last. Were I in your place, do not doubt me, I would mourn him decently a year. And for another keep meanwhile my eyes about me. Oh God, another one so dear as was my first, this world will hardly give me. There never was a sweeter fool than mine. Only he loved to roam and leave me, and foreign wenches and foreign wine, and the damned throw of dice indeed. Well, well, that might have done. However, if he had only been as clever, and treated your slips with as little heed, I swear, with this condition too, I would myself change rings with you. The gentleman is pleased to jest. I will cut away betimes from here. She'll take the devil at his word, I fear. To Margaret. How fares the heart within your breast? What means the gentleman? Aside. Sweet innocent thou art. Aloud. Ladies, farewell. Farewell. A moment ere we part. I'd like to have a legal witness. Where, how, and when he died to certify his fitness. Irregular ways I've always hated. I want his death in the weekly paper stated. Yes, my good dame. 
a pair of witnesses, always the truth establishes. I have a friend of high condition who will also add his deposition. I will bring him here. Good, sir. Pray do. And this young lady will be present too. A gallant youth has travelled far. Ladies with him delighted are. Before him I should blush ashamed. Before no king that could be named. Behind the house, in my garden then, this eve will expect the gentleman.